sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hello, everybody. It's off-season edition of the California Penal League podcast. We are uh, doing part two of our retrospective uh, and getting our comeuppance on our preseason predictions for your Cleveland Guardians. Um, Today, we're focusing on the pitching side of things. But uh, before we get into that, it is World Series time. And tonight was game three of the Diamondbacks and Rangers and the Rangers won. And uh, I was forced to endure an Aroldis Chapman appearance in a World Series game. It was painful. I don't like it. And he belongs in jail. Yeah, I said it. There is that. There is that. But here he is, still pitching in World Series games. He got he got lit up a little bit, but he uh, held on. But um, I was thinking uh, as I was, and I'm sure this is not lost on anybody. And I'm sure that um, this is nothing new uh, for anybody paying attention. But I've I've been watching you know the Diamondbacks obviously way more this postseason. And I've been following them throughout the year. I kind of knew their structure and and how they operated. But I'll tell you what. I mean, the blueprint for 24 is kind of right there. I would say with the with the Diamondbacks for Cleveland. Um, I, I feel like if you watch the Diamondbacks, I mean, two years ago, they lost like 110 games. If yeah. you look at the way they're structured now, it makes it's like it's right there. I mean. The Diamondbacks were like two games under 500 in like mid-August. Their pitching staff is has like I think they had like a like a 448 ERA, which was like 20th in Major League Baseball. They hit 250 as a team, the same as Cleveland, uh, with like a bit of a higher WRC plus, uh, and they only hit 166 home runs for the year, which was 22nd, and still 42 more than what. Cleveland hit, but they don't hit for a lot of power and their pitching staff is actually fairly middling and they're just kind of putting it together at the right time. But the way that they're built, I feel like Cleveland has to look at this and be like, this has to be the like catalyst to like go and get like a Lourdes Goriel. Go get like an Evan Longoria old fart who can like hang out on the roster for the year. I I have names. I have names that fill both of those voids the diamondbacks making it is like the most erotic thing dorsey could have ever or dorsey dolan could have ever asked for because he can be like i don't have to spend any money on any pop and (laughs) i can make an argument for the team getting there next year which is very unfortunate well, that's that is the cynical view. But, yeah, that is well, definitely and, and, the cynical and we view. Have to I also- mean, pardon me, as the Diamondbacks might win their second World Series since being created in like 90, the nineties, ninety-four, right? Yeah, or if the Rangers no, win, ninety-four. That was we, we now Jones. don't even have a close partner other than like the Mariners for futility of winning a World Series. Oh well, there is no there is no equal in our futility. That's true. I mean, there is no, no not, equal not in the utility any, since, since uh, 2016. Um, well, first of all, I'll, all I'm going to say is the goal needs to be 
make the playoffs. If there's a lesson to be learned from these playoffs, make the Just freaking World Series. Make the freaking playoffs. If you you can get to the World Series by making the playoffs, you can't if you don't. It's it's elementary math. <laughs> well, that and and the funny thing was, I was looking at even at the Diamondbacks, uh, how they got in. Obviously, they were the last seed in the NL, but I didn't realize they lost their last four games of the regular they, season. They too. got lucky because of um. Oh shoot! Who were they? Like the Reds were close. They were with the Cubs. It was yes, it was the Cubs. Yeah, the Cubs, yeah. The Cubs butchered a game late, <laughs> like might have like the last game or second to last game. They butchered it, and then the the Diamondbacks got in. But I like, but the, it it feels <laughs> like it's uh, what I really like about the Diamondbacks, aside from like having like a twenty three year old phenom in Corbin Carroll and like two other. Really good young guys um, on the roster who aren't necessarily superstars, but really great like depth pieces in like Perdomo and Moreno, and, and they've got some good young talent. It's like you do have like the 32 year old first baseman and Christian Walker. You've got the 30 year old Lourdes Goriel. You've got like multiple you need, you dudes in their be 30s the youngest in the team in baseball. I think is what we're trying to get at. At some point, you've got to find some older guys to fill out the roster. Well, it's you got to do it. And and let me say this before I give you a couple names to chew on. Like you said, Steve, I think the blueprints there. I think if we're all being level-headed and 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 you know being honest, I would almost be more the the Guardians are probably in a more envious position moving forward. They have better pitchers. They um, you know, are younger. They're poised to make some big moves. Corbin Carroll is going to be a household name. Like he is not just yet, because, quite frankly, you know, I don't know what it is, but you know, people don't pay attention to to the rock or to the to the West Coast teams, uh, and the Diamondbacks. And they're not the Yankees, and they're not the Do- uh, the Dodgers. So he's kind of flying under the radar, you know, outside of those diehards. <clears throat> but I really do think that the Guardians are po- posed to be in a better situation long term. But here is a name that I would, the day free agency begins, I'd be on the phone with him. And I caught his beautiful mug tonight in the celebration line. Oh, my. Go out and get Austin Hedges back on this team. I knew you let's were go. That. Let's yes. go. He needs. He could catch two games a week tops. I actually do agree with you. I agree with you. Fry, David Fry point. can catch some more too, but he can. But if Nick Swisher was the biggest cheerleader, I Austin Hedges will be a bigger cheerleader. I am a hundred percent with you on that. But like, go and get him. The team loved him here. He he brings a, a, a an easiness of him about him that kind of just like makes everyone just kind of like chill. You need guys like that. And you yes, you because over yeah. the course of a season, there's going to be ups and downs. And God, did we how many ups and downs did we have this year? We never. It actually felt too. It, it's funny you say that. 
because, and, I'm, and this isn't anything new that we haven't talked about, but like, dude, so, there the vibes were off with this season from the 100%. Start. And a guy, and, and a guy like Hedges could kind of just come in, you know, make a dumb joke and put everybody in a great mood. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to win you games on the diamond. Not really. Like, I hate to say it like that, but he's going to well, win you games in you the clubhouse. Do, you sure as hell could do a lot worse for a backup catcher. Yeah. And that, that sounds good to me. But I'd be, I'd be going to him and going, hey, Hedgy, how's about Come a two-year, $6 million deal? Well, give him the two-year. Oh, oh, give, give him two years. Give him two years. Six-year, $15 million. Lifetime deal. <laughs> yeah. Six-year, $6 million deal. <laughs> No, I'm I'm saying of like an like a yearly average of about three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. I'm I'm with you, man. Um, I don't know. I just I, you know, and I and I I know um, the Diamondbacks are more the anomaly, but you are a hundred. This is the second year though in a row where the sixth seed in the postseason from the NL has gone to the World Series because the Phillies did it last year. Mm-hmm. Wow, and. The other funny thing is the um, Rangers had the ninth highest payroll this year and the Astros had the 10th, but none of the top eight teams made it and none were all that particularly close. No, most of them didn't even make the playoffs. So no, no, there was, I, I, I did. I thought like six of the top 10 teams made the playoffs and payroll. Um, let me double check. I, I looked at that and I was like, okay, the adage still goes that, you know, you're not buying yourself a championship. So here's the chance. So, okay. So of the top 10, one, two, three, four, five of the top six of the top 10, because, but of the top five, only two. Okay. So I guess it gets a little weird there, but it's, it, I guess I was looking at the top, how top heavy it kind of felt, but you're right that six of the top 10 still made it. Um, but at the same, on the same token, you still had like, there's Minnesota and Seattle were 17, 18, Arizona's 21, Miami's 24, um, Tampa Bay's 28, Baltimore's 29. So like, it was a what weird, is, what is, if you're, you're looking at payrolls right now, mm-hmm. what is a hundred million coming at? Cause I thought the average is like one fifteen. Yeah, a flat hundred would put you at like well, Washington had one hundred one. Okay, what is twenty second? Twenty second. Okay, I'm just trying to because I mean I definitely think the Guardians should be sitting in that ballpark next year. Uh, yeah, I mean there's no yeah. there is no reason there is no reason that they, that the Guardians should have a payroll so far below like Detroit. <laughs> well, like, no, no, some it's of that crazy. some of that is some of that is because. Uh, Zanino and um, Bell were traded, that the payroll came down, but the payroll came started out around I thought like low to mid nineties. This was this says this is updated October twenty. Yeah, so, so so those deals were all no. This was opening day. Sorry. This was the opening day payroll. The Guardians had an eighty nine million dollar payroll. Eighty nine. I could have sworn well, it was I up to like ninety three or ninety four. What you I thought what you were gonna say with Detroit was um Miggy's contract was oh, like yeah. a, albatross. So you know, I get that. But like even then, it's like, sorry. I would just out of principle not let the Tigers have a higher payroll than that. Yeah, sure. Like fuck that. 
that's not happening. No, no, but, but the guardians should have some money, you know, to spend. Um, you know, we, we were talking about it right before we got on, but I mean, <clears throat> there's a couple names, um, like Teoscar Hernandez, Lord Escariel Jr. Um, Hunter Renfro, I would take. Yeah, your boy. Randall Gerchek. Like, take any one of those four guys on a two- to three-year deal. Well, there's going to be a lot of time to talk about this. But let's make ourselves even sadder by talking about our pitching predictions that we we did really bad. I did really bad. I, I did atrocious in this. This is where I really fell apart. I had I had you guys dead to rights on offense, but then I I really came down and uh, came back down to earth, crashing and burning when it came to the uh, pitching staff. And this so. is where I shined, at least on yeah. one, at least on one of them. No, you nailed you. I did you have the best record of the pitching staff? I, I never calculated it that way. I just oh, the overall. Okay. okay. Uh, so let's do this. Let's um let's hop in um the our, you know, this is our companion episode to the offense, which you should check out as well, uh, our, which would be our previous episode. But, um, yeah, let's just hop right in. So I think, oh, God help us. I think the first prop was the number of Zach Plesak it starts. It sure was. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Free Agent. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. Talking about bringing in some, bringing in some veteran talent. <laughs> so the over under on the dude those Plesak will be their starts. moves. They'll bring in hedges and, and Plesak. No, no, uh, I think I think the hedges train has left the station. I, I mean, it, the man the man requested to be granted his free agency. Oh, you mean uh, Plesak? Plesak, I'm sorry, Plesak. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's done. Yeah, like the Plesak train is gone. Like, yeah, he might be in Korea. He might end up in Pitching Japan with his boy. Korea. Oh God. Could you imagine that on. tag team? I saw some stuff from Mookie Betts. Unless I was like imagining it, but like, give me, I might have to look this up to confirm because I don't want to. I don't want to speak too crazy. But apparently, yeah, apparently Mookie Betts had some very glowing things to say about Trevor Bauer. Really? Yes. Because so, I had heard rumblings that Mookie Betts was like, "Get the hell out of the clubhouse." He's on the record now saying that MLB teams should consider signing Trevor Bauer. And he had nothing but at least today had nothing but good things to say. Wow. So I don't know why he would even jump into that conversation. Like it's been years now. It's like, dude, why even associate yourself with that? But oh, well, right, Mookie Betts. So that's where he stands on that one. Mookie Betts. But, Interesting. But yeah, so Zach, please uh the over under bet. Or prop for us was 10 and a half starts in 2023, uh, which uh, wasn't so terrible. I mean, well, I think we all kind of knew where this was heading, but uh, in 2022, uh, Zach Plesak made 24 starts and in 21, he made 25. So, you know, something of a model of consistency. He would miss a game here and there for ripping his shirt off too hard or punching, <laughs> punching a, the mound. A freaking chair <laughs> or the mound, but. <laughs> You know, overall, you could hope you could bet on twenty to twenty-five starts, uh, no matter what shenanigans he got into. So that prop 
felt, I guess, low to me because I took the over and I put him at a blistering 12 before figuring he'd get canned. And Fabs, you gave, you put him at 14. I'm glad I'm wrong on this one, though. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I feel fine about this. Yeah. Uh, but Chris, you definitely called it. You uh, you felt his career would careen off a cliff, I, and you took the under. Now, now in fairness, I didn't think it was in a careen as hard as it careened. You know, ten, start, I, 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 ten starts is pretty rough. What's the, well, yeah, but my my thinking was that we had all the all the pitching depth um, in the minors. Um, even like before getting to like even like a guy like. Gavin Williams, like I, I surely did not imagine Gavin Williams making the number of starts that he did like this year, but just the pitching factory that is, and the fact that police like hasn't really been all that great the last couple of years, I was like, yeah, they're going to move on from him. So I was yeah, right. much quicker. I was right. Yeah, I didn't you were right. think it was going to, I didn't think it was going to be like a, a real life, like imitation of the uh the train from back to the future part three careening into the to the valley but you know here we are and that's what it was <laughs> yeah yeah that but hey look it got you a win it did um, it did so there you go then uh okay so n- the next one we all nailed yeah and i think we all felt that i if not it's hard. It's hard to get fifteen to sixteen wins. It as is a starter. It, it is, is difficult. Yeah. So but Cal did it last year. Oh shoot! I forgot to say, how many starts did Zach Plesac make? Zach Plesac had five. Oh my goodness! Yeah, five starts. Oochie mama. Yeah. God. Okay. So, all right. That's disgusting. Moving on. Cal Quantrill made fifteen starts. No, or, I'm sorry, 15 had 15 wins. wins. 15 wins. Uh, 15 wins in 22, uh, which was a very good season for him, um, which doubled essentially what he had in 21. And so it was so good, he was named the ace of the Canadian WBC team this year. And then promptly got lit up. Yeah. So quick. So quick. So, but <laughs> he like, was the ace. He was true. the ace. He was the ace. And then about. What, an inning and a third later, he was like, <clears throat> never to be seen again in that WBC? <clears throat> yeah, that was about it. Yeah. And uh, we all, I think as Guardians followers were as quickly writing off the WBC, meaning anything as pos- as quickly as possible. <clears throat> so, but we were, I mean, he put it together towards the end of the season, but he did. Uh, he did. It, was, it was a rocky road for Cal Quantrill with injuries and, and everything through the years. So, um. Anyway, we were really drinking the Kool-Aid to start the year, and we put the over-under on Cal Quantrill wins at 15 and a half. And I don't know if all of us were <clears throat> drinking it too heavily because we all took the under. Speak of yourself, uh, I said 15 again. You had you were just rolling right out there with 15 <laughs> I again. Four, yeah, I was right around. Yeah, me and, Fabs were, me and Fabs were like, yeah, 15, he'll be, uh, he's not hitting 16, but he's going to get close. And I only thought it was going to just miss because maybe he gets a slight injury, but it can't go can't go that horribly wrong. And, yeah. Uh, well, it did. Yeah, I had 12. Yeah. I just thought it would be like, I, I 
I just view him as a perennial like 12 and 10. Pitcher. And you know what? If he's your fourth or fifth starter, that's probably better than 80% of the fourth and fifth starters out there. I would take that all day, every day. Um, now, that was still perhaps drinking too much of the Kool-Aid because I have some, I have some questions as follow-ups if, if, if we can take a second here to pause. Yeah. Two quick yeah. things. Do you buy into that him leaving spring training and going to train for with Team Canada played any uh, effect in his down year? No, I don't buy that for a second because okay. Merrill Kelly was a beast all year long for yeah. the Diamondbacks. I don't buy it for a minute. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, those I'm, are just I don't like, either. I'm just saying there are people out there who say no, that stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, eh. I don't, th- I think it's all up to the individual. I think at this point in your career, it's on you to, um, you know, prepare. And if anything, it should help you. I would think, I would think so too. To get that kind of competition yeah. and to yeah. be like you're playing, you're, talking you're, with other coaches, you're pitching and stuff. against better teams than you are in spring training at the WBC. Yeah, better talent. Yeah. I I don't know, but I mean, at the end of the day, so, I think it's all just individual. So second quick question on Cal. Did you see anything the last, whatever, six starts or whatever it was of him that gave you um, hope that, that that's the Cal that is mo- – that, who that's more of who he is moving forward than not. And then with that same line of thinking, does that make it easier to trade a Bieber in your mind? Hmm. Hmm. Um, uh, I'll, I, I don't think it makes it. I'll let you answer this too, Fabs. I don't think it makes it any easier to trade Bieber. I just think it's, I want Cal Quantrill on the guardians. But it, whether it's a bullpen arm or as a fifth starter yeah. and he can come in and compete, I think he's earned his, his September was solid. He yeah. finished the year in his last six starts. He had a two seventy six ERA. His FIP was still four sixty. Yeah. I mean, it's the same old Cal Quantrill where like that, that's his dude, MO, you know, and he walks I that tight. Should, I think he should come in and compete for the fifth starter spot. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I want him on the team, yeah. but I, I feel like it's independent of like Bieber to some extent. It's like, I'd want him on kind of regardless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I guess maybe the better way to look at my question is knowing that you have McKenzie Cal and the three rookies, not to mention anybody else coming up through the system, which there's still a number of guys um, that will probably make their debut this year, or early, you know, 2025. Does that make trading Bieber yeah. a little bit more palatable? I guess is the I could I could comfortably yeah I could okay. comfortably open the season with him as your fifth starter. I'd feel fine about that. Yeah, I I like him in that spot. I him and Logan Allen competing for it, or having six starters, and maybe Logan Allen spend some time in Triple A. Um, I, I really want, I, I think I, I shifted back to like, I, I want Bieber on the team this year, even if 
they just like they end up just like getting nothing for him. I I would love to like go for it with him, go go for it one more season with him, um, because you know that's a really solid rotation of McKenzie's healthy, Bieber's healthy, three rookies, Cal. Like that, that's definitely the best in the division. Um, probably tops one of the tops in the AL. Um, and we talked about. I mean, we've been talking about the whole. You get in the postseason, you have that kind of depth, and you need that depth, as last season showed. When you lose, you know, three, four of your starters uh, in your rotation, like I, I would love to not have to rely on a bunch of less proven young guys than we already have that we're going to be relying on going into next year. Um, and, you know, Bieber, when he was, when he was healthy, he, I mean, he showed he still had it. Um, his health is definitely becoming a concern, but also I, I firmly think that makes him affordable. I, I, I mean, there, there might be an idiot team and there, there always usually is an idiot team. that's like, I'm going to pay $30 million for him. Um, I, I don't know. I just think we can, Oh. We can get him for a couple of years. Uh, that would be relatively team friendly, friendly yeah. for for an ace. Yeah. No. I mean, to answer my own question, I think I kind of I'm I'm kind of probably in between the both of you guys. Uh, maybe maybe after I rephrased it, um, I, I think it makes trading Bieber easier. Yes, but Fabs, just you you said something that was kind of actually, and I don't think you meant to say it. But it was wrong. Even if Bieber does stay and he leaves next next offseason, we get a compensatory pick. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we do. So, yeah, we don't. Yeah. It's so, always, I mean, like, it's not, it's not a player, but yes, yes, exactly. And somebody and was doing it. It's a first them, round, right? Yeah, it'd probably be a first round compensatory pick. So, that you're probably talking about a pick that's following in the, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say like 35 to 40 range. Mm hmm. Um, not bad. And somebody on Twitter was doing the math towards the end of the season and like, like comparing that pick and, you know, trading Bieber for some prospects. And it was kind of eye opening in the sense that that pick has more value than the prospect. Um, because it was, some oh, kind yeah. Of like, I mean, not a bad prospect, but, but, you know, maybe not a top probably not a top 50 prospect. Well, it's also worth rolling the dice too, because depending on the year he has, or even going into next season, I still think there's a very, very decent chance they could sign him. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still on the bandwagon of three years, 20 I'm million. I'm not opposed to it. I'm really, really not opposed to it. Like, I yeah. still, especially when you look at like I, I this, cause this past season certainly illuminates it. Every season does, but like, there are so many good veteran bats out there that you can get. Oh yeah. That you can plug. I mean, I read up four just before are, we really started diving into we, this. And yeah, we rattled off a handful with barely looking at the list yeah. and you know, you don't, I don't know. You don't have our broken records here, but you don't have to do much to get these guys in. Um, no, no. And honestly, I think, so I I think if you say you sign, I mean, look, what, what's a better scenario trading Shane, 
not that I wouldn't do both, but would you would you rather like <coughs> trade Shane Bieber for Austin Hayes, essentially? Yeah, let's say, or or Anthony Santander, or would you rather keep Shane Bieber and sign Lourdes Goriel as well? It's like give well, me both. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, so like, yeah, it can be done. It's like staring you in the face. And honestly, that may maybe getting a veteran. I mean, I know I said hedges earlier, and then like getting a bullpen arm or two is all you need to do this offseason in free agency. And we maybe spent an additional thirty million dollars on the payroll. Maybe. I yeah. Or, or I should say, increase the payroll by about thirty million dollars. Better, better phrased. But I'm, I'm that sorry. would be that would be remarkable. I would, I would, my my brain would explode. I'm well, expecting them to inch to ninety five. I mean, there's a very real chance, though. There's that too. There like, is. I'm just, I, being, I'm I just hoping that with another a very year non-zero of, chance of Blitzer being a minority owner, maybe the payroll inches more than than it has in the past we'll see i'm just i'm <laughs> we'll being optimistic I'm, I'm yeah i, I have no, no oh, i have no knowledge and there's no, i've heard nothing of it that should you know make me feel that way but that's 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 my that's my christmas wish i like it um okay what do we got next for? Oh, uh, okay. The next so, one was our uh, McKenzie wins. That we set at oh. 12 and a half. Oh, um, should have set it at 0.5. We should have set it at 0.5. Um, little did we know that he would literally pitch like what? Eight innings? Um, four starts. Yeah. Eight. Was it eight innings? Um, in, 16 innings, four starts. Geez. Yikes. I um, said he would be in the running for a Cy Young. I bo- I do recall that. I was very wrong on that. He won- He probably would have been the Cy Young winner of guys who were on the injured list for most of the season, though. That's I don't know, man. That was a pretty big list. There was it was a good, good name. It was there. it was a the injury injury bug hit a lot of people this year. There was a decent amount of good starters, but I I thought there was like the over under for that was 12 and a half, which like when you look at Tristan McKenzie from last year, you're like, Oh, he's 25. He's taking the leap forward. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he had five as rookie season, 11 last year. Then that felt like a, a gimme, a goose egg. He had a goose egg. But he had a goose egg. We all took the over clearly. Uh, Fabs, you had him at 17. I had him at 15. Chris, you had him at 14. Yeah. So all of it was grossly <laughs> overestimating, but what are you going to do? That's kind of a that's kind of a, to- a a wash because he got hurt. Yeah. So it's like it's not like he stunk it up. No, no, it's it's nothing that he did. And, and I mean, when he was pitching, he was pitching very well. Um, so again, you know, albeit all four starts, um, but you know. Here's hoping that Tristan comes back next year healthy, can, uh, you know, make us all look like fools when, when we set it at uh, the win total at 10.5 next year and he, you know, busts through that and gets 
15 to 16. That's right. So, yeah. so I'm rooting for him. Um, I, I like Tristan McKenzie a lot. And I, I, you know, I, it's just unfortunate what happened this year. Um, well, speaking of Shane Bieber, we got our, I think our first Shane Bieber. I thought we had two Shane Bieber bets. Let me double check. Um, no, I'm sorry. No, I think that's it. No, yeah. no, no. Okay. Uh, but his ERA plus, um, we set it at 140 because in 22, he had a 132 ERA plus. And then in um, 21, it was a 136. Yeah, it's basically we were looking for a return to like the 2019-20 yes. Bieber. Yes. Because in 21 and 22, yeah, it was 136 and 131. So, you know, hey, look, that's saying is <coughs> is he, you know, even with the decreased velocities, he's still going to be an elite starter and stay healthy all season. And the answer to those questions is like kind of and no. <laughs> so, well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think he could be this generation's Greg Maddox. In the sense that he's topping off out at around 93, 94 on a good day. But he can he can paint the corners like Bob Ross. And uh, I think you're right. I mean, I, I can see it. I can see it in a lot of his starts, honestly. Um, I think this and year I like having that. I like having a if he if he really does develop that further and he's he's all in on Maddox. I, I think it's good to have some diversity in your oh. pitching rotation of different starters. It really mm-hmm. like throws, you know, uh, Tim Wakefield, RIP. Yep. Um, he would really throw teams for a loop when all of a sudden like, you're getting Pedro one night and then you got to go f- against a fucking knuckleballer the next night in the postseason game. It's it's difficult to prepare for that. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm right there with you. I, I love that versatility in the lineup uh, in, the, in the rotation. I mean, <laughs> um, so like we just said, you know, we would all love him back and, and hopefully, hopefully that comes to fruition um, to be completely honest. Um, but we definitely took so the the one forty ERA plus Fabs you took him as over yeah, at one forty two. Yeah. Uh, Chris and I took him at the under, and I went one thirty. Chris, you went one thirty four. Yeah, and yeah, he, and I think and I think you know you know injuries played a little bit of a part too this year for him. Um, yeah, again. So I'm I'm just kind of you know just looking at this for like you know in the in the future you know I think maybe next year we set it at like one thirty, and um. You know, I could see him kind of if everything kind of falls into place like we're hoping, he could he could be that that sneaky good pitcher. Yeah, I mean he's still at a one ten. Yeah, there's nothing to sneeze at. You know, you know better than average. You know, you're you're looking at a guy who had a he had a three eighty ERA at a three eighty seven FIP and a one ten ERA plus. He gets hit harder than he kind of ever has and he strikes out fewer batters than ever but like you know i think he'll adjust a little bit more to how he's throwing now and how guys see him and i'd again i'd still want a guy like that in my rotation 
I just don't think he's going to be, you know, we've said it a million times. He's not going to make crazy money. No. So I still think there's that possibility out there realistically that they could uh, sign him, but any team would take him. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's pitching star teams that will um, probably want to swoop in and get him. <laughs> um, well, our next one, um, I really thought we did a we we had a good good idea here with Aaron Savali in his uh walk to strikeout ratio. Setting it at four and a half. Um you know, Savali's not one to really walk too many people here recently. Um but that that ratio plummeted from last year's number. Uh, last year he had a four 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 point four five ratio, and then this past season he had a just over three and a half. Um, and Steve, I think you and I, we yeah, took we took over. the over. We took the over. We really thought he was going to continue that trend. Um, Fabs saw right through the nonsense and almost exactly and almost nailed it. Almost, almost nailed the the prediction like right in the mark. That was that's impressive. I almost said I almost said with his prediction he was going to get traded to Tampa for our future uh, DH, but I didn't want to go too crazy. Well, that's that's what our listeners want, though. So just, I know. Just, just remember I, that for next year. I'll be more bold next year. Yes, I want. I yeah. want some. <laughs> get, I want, I want get some nuts of those, with it. I want those, some of those other little ancillary predictions sprinkled in next year. That'd be uh, that'd be something. Yeah, just like when it comes to you, man. Yeah. I, every we don't do these on video yet, but that should be coming soon. Uh, but we always see Fab's kind of like his eyes roll back into his head. I put these crystals he, on my head, yeah. and then yeah. I like disappear for a while, and they just they see me levitate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes you won't tell us what you what what spoke to you, Mm-mm. and it's yeah. like you really got to start telling us yeah. because I, I, you know, sometimes the dark spirits don't want me to. They do see me take my can of bones and roll it across my table, and it tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> it was frightening the first time, actually. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to know though because it just spelled out Tampa Bay. Yeah. And you don't really know exactly what. Exactly. <laughs> what, yes. How does that factor into anything? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And I, and I think I, I believe we were talking about the Buccaneers earlier that day too. So mixed yeah. messages very easily could we didn't have been. Know if Tom Brady was going to unretire yeah. or what was going to happen. Yeah, it was a weird time. It was a weird yep. time when we made these predictions. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I guess we didn't account. I guess the one. Well, we didn't account for. So his his as a season, Savali's was 352. Yes. Um, it actually got better when I think he went to Tampa, if I remember correctly. It went, got way better. Yeah. So we didn't account for such a lack of strikeouts in Cleveland, really. But he was blowing the doors off people in Tampa. He was at a, nearly a twelve strikeouts per nine innings, and he still had only has like his two his typical two walks or so per nine, which really pumped up that average. So he ended with a three fifty two, and you and I, Chris, both took the over and we're off. But yeah, Fabs, you almost nailed it at the three five. So good work on that one. Thanks. Yeah. Um, next we had Emmanuel Classe saves, Speaking which of weird seasons, <laughs> very strange. Um, 
And I think it's interesting because I, this is a really interesting one, uh, trying to nail down a closer save numbers because there's a lot of variables to that. Where if the team is good enough to, even a couple times a week, beat a team by four or five runs, mm-hmm. it's not going to, you know, not going to happen. Or if a team stinks, there's not going to be as many potentially save opportunities. It just depends. Um, but Class A is in a very unique situation where he's in a pretty a good team. Uh, not great, but a good team this year. And they didn't like to score runs. Yes. Playing in an ass load <laughs> of one run games. And so we set the number for Class A at 40 and a half, which is a very fair yeah. number. He had That's 24 a, saves. Yeah, great. 21. Number. 42 last year or uh, in 22. Um, So we set it at 40 and a half and um, we all took the under, believe it or not, which is an interest. I mean, I I know it's bold to try and go for 40 saves, but we all took the under Chris. You almost man. Almost had it. Almost had it. 40. Yeah. I did 35 (laughs) fabs. You did 38 and uh, class a ended with 44 saves because he was pitching every single day. Yeah, we should have done bone saves too. Oh gosh, maybe Dude, next man. year we can we'll definitely see, do that we, next year. We get we can expand on it. Yeah. yeah, we can do this again. Yeah, what we'll do for next year is we're gonna have the two parter, even at the beginning. Yeah, we we'll might do have more to. batting, more I mean, pitching. The, the way that this is just that, just even during our discussions, you know, we'll say stuff something, and it's like, oh, that'd make a sweet, sweet little prop bet right there. Let's. uh Put that in the recesses of the mind and remember that for next year. I like that. So, and we should we should definitely check in on it next summer. Like we could do like a, we could do like a status report. Yeah, we got to do some status reports because yeah. I, I I feel like that would have really helped me feel even more depressed about the season. <laughs> looking at like what I thought Zach Plesac would do. It's like, hey, you know, like this team is just middling and doesn't really, uh, you know, can't get out of, uh, you know out of the mud and you just want to throw some salt on those wounds some more. Yeah. It's like, I want to feel better about myself. I should go look and see what I thought miles straws OPS plus would be. Oh boy. Surely I wouldn't have said a hundred <laughs> or, or 90 or whatever. Um, but yeah, so we all lost on the class a saves number. That should be a fun one next year because there's, even more variables, I feel like, on that one. Um, all right, what what do we got for the all next right, one? All right, so this one, this one is um a bullpen um <clears throat> one um and and follow me here for a second. It is the n- number of bullpen arms who would have a strikeout per nine of greater than nine. Now, so collectively, collectively, yes, a collect, a collective, uh, total, um, last, uh, or 20 in the 22 season, there were six such arms. Oh, and we also had, they, there was the caveat that they had to pitch a minimum of 30 innings because, you know, sometimes a guy might get called up, pitch three, four games and strike out, you know, four batters and three innings. And then. There you go. He he's over that ratio or over that that mark. Um, <clears throat> but in twenty two, we had six guys, six, six such 
pitchers. And in 21, we had five. And we set it at seven and a half. Um, you know, kind of thinking that, you know, hey, this there's some good good strikeout arms in that bullpen this year. And um, then quickly, James Karinchek was not on the team any longer. And Fosse uh, was blowing saves and um, really didn't have a setup guy for a while there. Uh, the bullpen got bleak. It did. It got, it got very bleak. And we... And you just missed it with a couple guys. So like, yeah, there's a few guys that were close. Class A didn't get it. Um, so we okay. So to, for starters, it was seven and a half. Fabs and I took the under yep. at seven and six respectively. And then Chris, you went with eight, and the number was five. Yeah. So there were only five bullpen arms with those caveats that had the strikeouts per nine innings of of greater than nine, and uh, probably you know it's like. Uh, Aniel De Los Santos had an eight and a half, so that was close. Mm-hmm. And then Class A, you probably, you know, it's like at this point, you wonder a little bit about what's going on because his his was only seven point nine. But in and, fairness, he was never much. He's never and he was never much, much of a strikeout, strikeout guy. guy. But that's all the more reason why he should really develop some sort of other he needs breaking to, ball. Man. He needs yeah, to. No, I something. Agree. I do think some of it's being overworked. Um, oh, 100%. I think that impacted his velocity a lot. Um, but yeah, he, he also needs to, it, it's multiple things. He needs to develop another off speed pitch. Um, that doesn't have to use it that much, but just know it's there. Um, and maybe not pitch six days a week would also help. As yeah. Well. He had what Steve, he had 72 appearances. Um, uh, class A had 75, 75. Ugh. Yeah. That number yeah. should really decrease by at least 10 next year. Yeah. Ideally, ideally we're scoring more runs. There aren't as many safe situations. That would be nice. I mean, that would be nice, but actually it's funny. It's like he had 75 appearances and only 44. I mean, you you know, you look at like save opportunity um, or like uh, tie game opportunities yeah. going to extra innings, stuff like that. I understand cuts that down, but that does speak to what you were saying. Fabs was like he also blew a shit ton of saves. Yeah. He did, so, yeah, <laughs> he did quite a bit of that. Yeah, um, but I'm looking at our boy. If you're talking about the predictions for next year, our our boy that we should bring back, Ronaldo Lopez, did have a nine point eight. Strikeouts per nine. Ronaldo Lopez coming out of the pen in the eighth. Mm. Yeah, you, you, you could go. I mean, and you hope that Trevor Stefan bounces back too. You hope that this past year was just a little bit of an anomaly, and to have both of those guys as your seven eight, it's nice. That's oh, nice. Man. A seven eight nine. That's any combination of Trevor Stefan and Ronaldo Lopez and then Classe. It's like it just makes the rest of that bullpen just everything falls sing. into place. Oh, Sam Henches Sam thrown Hen- into yeah, the mix. Sam oh. Henches in that ca- that that yeah. That's glorious. Yeah. That's as good a back end of the bullpen as you could ever ask for. I st- I still and think like, and I think there's I think there's 
I'd have to double check and, and do some more research on it, but I still even think that there's guys in the minors that have some late inning experience that you could probably, that might be on the doorstep, you know, not to mention any additional free agent moves just makes it, it it's, it's, it's re-signing Lopez just, just makes too much sense. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, he's going to probably demand close to closer money. Perfect. Great. All right. Good. You All can right. have it. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Like, okay, let's, why not? Because if it doesn't work out or if the team stinks. Yeah. You trade him. Yeah. He's valuable. He's a great asset. So that's one thing that, that we as fans, other teams do that. And the guardians haven't done that. That kind of stuff. Um, but I mean, look at all these teams that that'll make you know one or two year free agent signings, and they're out of it by May first, and then at the trade deadline, they're shipping that guy off. That's the like, that's the perennial. MO of any you know. Yeah, I mean, there's all those teams that aren't really in contention will sign a veteran with the express. I mean, it's like, why do you think the Pirates signed Carlos Santana? Yeah. You know, it's right. like, yeah, we're shipping him off. <laughs> like he's he's gone in July. It's not. I mean, it's smart. It's smart business to, you know, maybe you get lucky and it's just like one of those weird seasons. Things click, and it's like, oh my gosh, we're like thirty three and nineteen. We're we're doing so much. Like our young guys are hitting in a way we didn't think. Our pitching's good and great. Then you have a, a great veteran presence, but more likely than not. When it doesn't work out, you can quickly be like, cool, we can get at least an asset that we wouldn't yeah. have been able to get. That'd become a lottery ticket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Man. Exactly. Get a, like a junior Caminera for like nothing. <laughs> oh, if only some team would ever <sighs> just give up on a pitcher who is facing a 40-man roster crunch for a, a potentially top 10 uh, prospect. That doesn't happen, though, does it? No. Oh, oh, man. Okay. At least we. At least they got him back. At least they parlayed Aaron Savali into fleecing the race. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a step in the it right direction. The but you know what would have done it for bit. me? Getting Kevin Cash out of there. I know, man. But we can talk about that another time too. Yeah, eventually the Guardians will have a new manager, and we will talk about it. And chances are, the manager will probably be at least our age, if not younger. If you <laughs> want to feel old sick <laughs> yeah um, i don't i don't even have much of a yeah i don't even have much of a handicap on that at the moment to be honest no 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 i don't um i, I have some I, ca- I have some council was in today he was and he's gonna meet with the mets tomorrow or the next day i thought i see him going to the mets honestly and the one executive I mean, came from the brewers over to the mets and they have a history together and, and also it's the Mets and that's a pretty juicy. Yeah. But, but the one thing that's going, I would say in our favor is it's in our favor, but it also then kind of quickly falls out of our favor is councils from Milwaukee. I don't know if that mm-hmm. matters to him, you know, being close to home or, or just He's that from small. South, South Bend, Indiana. Yeah. Well, that's where I think it was born, but I thought he kind of, 
grew up oh, in he Milwaukee. Grew up in... Yeah. But I mean, he's a Midwest guy. So does he want to go to New York? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who knows? I'm also projecting know. here too. Yeah. You never know. And also it's like, as a manager, he probably wants to win. Yeah. So it's like, mm, well, well, I mean, what would you rather go to a team that will give you unlimited resources to do that? Yeah, that's juicy. But the Mets, the Mets aren't trying to win. According oh, that to is a, true. a certain pitcher who's in the World Series oh, right now. Mm. Also, so. the Mets, I mean, the the Mets, it's one of those, like, it, and I think New York is, like, the, the, the market in Major League Baseball where it is, like, an awful experience that things aren't going right. Like mm-hmm. Boston even is like pretty indifferent some years. Um, you know, when you're supposed to be winning, like it's like we got so close and that we, I made a terrible, I took out this picture. You're mm-hmm. going to get destroyed by Boston media, but like New York media is like never fun. Yeah. They made Buck Showalter uh, age quicker than like, like, that guy in the last crusade when he drinks from the, the wrong, the wrong chalice. <laughs> he, he was looking ragged by the end of the season. <laughs> he was. Uh, let's see here. We, oh gosh. We're coming down to the last win, couple. Coming, yeah. So pitcher wins overall pitching. No, wins. no, no. Well, that was team wins. Oh, is this team wins? This oh, was team oh, wins. It was like, yeah. wait a minute, 87. Like, okay. Yeah. That Did was, we not do this one yet? No, we haven't. Okay, oh, so okay. this is a. These are some of the uh, extracurriculars. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm pretty sure this. I ripped this break from some sports books that had the Guardians at um, 87 and a half wins this year. Oh, that felt like such a gimme. Oh, it was. It was like the. It was like that's easy money, man. Like com- oh. especially coming off that 92 win season the year prior. Yeah, it was like oh yeah, you know. Pfft. 87 and a half. Yeah, we're going to, you know, we'll take a step back. We'll have 90 wins this year. Right. And that's exactly what I said. I'm <laughs> now that I'm looking at my prediction. Yeah. I had, uh, I had them just matching 22. Yeah. Fabs, you had them at 96. I was very optimistic going into the season. Yeah. It, you, you know what though? It's like, boy, you don't, you don't factor in Bieber and McKenzie essentially being out the majority of the season. You don't factor in Josh Bell being a complete fart of a signing. You don't factor in the rest of the offense taking a giant step back. Well, for the most part, you don't factor like guys like Oscar Gonzalez, just like talking about careers creening off the cliff. Oh my gosh. Um, So, you know, hindsight's 2020. I'll be right there in March when we do this again to probably project 90. Especially once we make 92. Wins. Especially if we come anywhere close to the free agent sightings that we've been t- discussing. Oh, we're going to yeah, be like, yeah. yep, they've addressed all the problems. This team is deeper. We are set and ready to go. If even if some of these guys don't pan out, we got X, Y, X, Y, and Z waiting in the wings. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know what I'll be saying. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'll drink. Look, it doesn't take much for no, me to drink the no, Kool-Aid. No. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't think we did the Tito inje- ejections. 
I think we didn't. Yeah, I think we left that one off too. Let's let's come back. To, let's circle back to that one. I want to I want to end on that one today. Just okay. as a little you know tip of the cap and thank you to Tito for the eleven years. Um, we did have one one bet um, that wasn't a Guardian specific bet. Well, it was, but it wasn't. Um, it was the number of judge strikeouts in the playoffs that the Guardians pitchers would um, amass against Aaron Judge. When they inevitably played them when again. When they inevitably played them again, yeah. Because it just seemed like destiny in March that, you know, that was going to be our, our route to the through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, really hard to strike out a guy when you don't make the playoffs and they don't make the playoffs. So... Mm-hmm. It ended up being that there were zero strikeouts. Um, we had set the, the over under at 12 and a half. <clears throat> um, and Steve, you're the only one who took the under. I did take the under. Me and Fabs were uh, very confident that that matchup would occur and that uh, there'd be a lot of strikeouts. Well, I took the under and put it at 10. I didn't, I didn't even put zero. No, no, no. Like, as that would have been the real baller move right there. That like, would have been zero. Like for once, yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna face him on our way to yeah. the World Series. Yeah, but uh, again, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll take a look at these. This, this is a learning experience for us. Um, before we get to that Tito one, we have one last one of rookie debuts, and uh, after a season where we saw seventeen. Rookie debuts in uh, 22 and um, nine in 21. Set it at eight and a half. You know, there weren't as many prospects that we that we all collectively saw knocking on the door. You know, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I think if I remember correctly, you know, it was kind of, we, we knew some of the names. Um, and this is the... One of the, one of the rare instances where we all got it right, and we all took the under. We did good. Yeah. We did. Yeah, we good. nailed that one. There were only eight debuts this year. Uh, Steve and, and I. Ones you would. Steve and I would have expected. Predicted eight, um, and Fabs you took seven. So, you know, all right there. Yeah, we nailed that one. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one next year too. I could see that number dropping. Yeah. I think so like it'd be like three or six. four, three or four next year. Well, there's always those guys that like, oh, like random, yeah, yeah those like random guys yeah, that pop mind. up, like like this year, like Rokio made his debut, mm-hmm. and he literally played yeah. like twelve innings. It is a tough one. It's a tough one to gauge. Yeah, no matter what the team, how good the team is, or like, yeah, where they're at. Yeah, there's always you just never know. There's always some randos. Yeah, if it's like God forbid somebody of importance like goes down. That changes everything too. Yeah, yes. it's like, like again, God forbid, Stephen Kwan gets hurt. It's like, oh fuck, what are we gonna do? We have no outfielders. <laughs> Miles, uh, uh, God, I think I, I think I'll just phone it. I think I'll just pack up this season at that point. Yeah, yeah let's. We're trying to be upbeat <laughs> yeah, in the off yeah. season. Here. We're trying to be. We're trying to be happy. We're trying here, to be guys. excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and we'll end on a happy one. The number of ejections from Terry Francona 
He had three and 22. Um, we kind of, I don't remember why we set it so low at one and a half. I don't know if we were expecting him to like miss half the season due to like medical complications or what, but well, he definitely didn't like blow it up. No, he didn't blow it up. No, 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 no. But, um, I mean, he matched his total from last year. So, I mean, he Mm -hmm. he got three again and we all took the over again. Again, ending on two uh two where we all were unanimous in our decision making. And that one felt like a gimme too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean one and a half. That that was that was small potatoes. Yeah, two two would have been juicy. That'd have been Yeah, two, two and a half would have been probably probably in two hindsight the number to go, the way with, to go but But yeah, we'll do uh, we'll definitely do this again for 24, but we'll, we'll, we'll bust it out with more. Um, and we could even do now that we've got this going, we could do the lifetime standings. Oh, we will. Yes. So oh, we yeah. will. Yeah. So as of right now, Fabs and I are 500 and Chris, you're just, a, you're just, you're right there. I'm right there. A couple games I'm right under. there. So I'm in striking. I just need, I just need a good week. You know, I just I'm in, a good I'm week. of the belief we should be doing many, this is my goal for 24 is my only new year's resolution. And for this podcast is to do uh, way more games throughout the season where we have to keep track of standings and stats for ourselves where it's like uh, our predictions, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. I need, I need some, it's like they do it on all those, you know, MLB wraparound shows. They do it on college game day. It's always there silly little picks and i'm always like oh whatever who cares but now i've had a now little that bit we're on the inside we get yeah i got oh god i got a taste of the juice and i want more so we'll have to get real weird with it next year <laughs> and do like, like we got to do like you know all of our like award predictions um standings predictions who gets the closest to like the actual standings across every division i think would be fun Ooh, that would um be. and see who can get most accurate on on like all that kind of stuff I think would be would be a lot of fun. Like we should go like here's what we should do. And this is just kind of wrapping it up and us <laughs> me just talking. So if you're still listening, just this is, you know, how the sausage gets made here. But we should do like um instead of doing like our pitch clock questions for a while, we do like a, a different prediction um element. And like one could be like trying to predict like the top 10 batting averages in like AL and NL and like seeing how many we get, I think would be a lot of wild fun. Get real funky with it. Do that. That would be be wild. Going to become real big degenerates. See who we're going to see who we're going to be the biggest differentiation points between X Woba. I think would be (laughs) who's going to, who's going to be an improved, an improved ex woba. That would be fun. But I don't know. I think uh I think it's worth becoming degenerates over our, our predictions. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just now, all now that we've had a taste. Just have like a slight, you know, gambling addiction now and yeah, yeah, just yeah. Mild, this is all mild, for fun. Mild. Not to, yeah, this is all for fun. Not to um to just just Disperse, besmirch that. Um, but no, my my actual gambling with money 
none of my season long bets or really even any of my world series bets, even when the playoffs started have performed. Oh, I was drinking the, I was drinking the Braves Kool-Aid before the world, before the playoffs started. And I was drinking the Phillies Kool-Aid. Um, I was drinking the Jordan Alvarez Kool-Aid for like all the hitting stats and props. And I also was not drinking the Braves Kool-Aid before the season because I took them to, it was like, I think their over-under wins was like 92 or something, 93, 94. And I think I took the under. Like it's a high idiot. win total. Yeah. It's hard to do that. I, guess I don't have the gut. I don't have the guts. I guess I just don't have the guts. <laughs> I don't have it. A big baby. Yeah. Um, all right. Is, I think that, is that all the, I think that is all of them. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps up. It puts a little bit of a bow on our uh, thoughts for 23. I think moving forward in the off season, we'll certainly talk more about the previous season, but we're going to definitely try and have as much of a forward facing. Yeah. Be talking Focus, probably I about think. a lot of free agent stuff, free agent managerial, manager. yeah, baby, trade um, targets, trade, yeah, um, um, bunch of bunch of bullshit that won't happen probably. Yep, <laughs> yep. Maybe take a look <laughs> at some of this Arizona wait. Fall League stuff now that it's kind of wrapping up. We got a, I think like three, four more days of the regular season in the Arizona Fall League. The Chase DeLauder and Kyle DeLauder. Manzardo show. Yeah, dude, they are. Oof, you want to you want to daydream. Go take a look at those stats. Yeah, you want to talk about drinking the Kool-Aid in October. I'm all though, about that. Though, and I've been looking for a numerical value like the, like baseball um, reference will do for spring training to kind of show you the caliber of players that they are facing in the spring training games. Mm-hmm. But I do recall that the Arizona Fall League is pretty good talent. Um, I don't know what it, it overall equates to if it's the equivalent of double A player, you know, a bunch of double A players across the board or, you know, double A to triple A kind of range or whatever that that um, assessment might be. But I do tend to think that it, they are higher level players on average uh, Okay, that you're seeing there. I like that you're going to those depths in the offseason because it makes me feel better about the fact that I, I was reading a Baseball America article about the uh, biggest exit velocity gainers in the minor leagues from this season. Yeah. Which I thought was a very interesting, that is stat, a very interesting. where it, you know, and a lot of them are like, a lot of them are younger guys. Cause you know, they're 19 then sure. they turn 20 and they're getting bigger or whatever. Um, but there was one interesting name. There was one Cleveland player in the system who was on this list of like the most improved exit velocity. Um, year to year, and it was Daniel Schneeman, who first baseman for the Clippers. Yes. Okay. He who had actually a pretty okay season in Columbus. Yeah, he 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 was a guy where I was noticing his name in the box scores. Thirty double. He had thirty doubles this year. Thirteen homers. Seventeen stolen bases. He hit two sixty seven with three sixty on base. Um, and he's had some smattering of decent seasons uh in the system but seemingly at 26 sort of like put it all together for columbus and i was like okay whatever who's this guy but he actually among all minor league players has done something to like greatly increase barreling up on the ball and and improving his exit velocity to the point where 30 doubles is no joke no 
um, especially in like 419 at bats. So, I, I mean, I don't know if there, I don't even know what his situation is in terms of like, if he wants, if he's like a free agent at this point, given that he's like 26, I have no clue what his like situation is in Columbus or if he'd even be eligible for like the minor league portion of the rule five, if they don't leave him on the roster. But, um, on like the actual like Clippers roster when mm-hmm. that portion comes around, but I don't know. Say say he uh, becomes a um, random utility guy next year. Who the heck knows? There have been hey we I was looking I'm looking at like Stephen Vogt uh, Vogt who um, may or may not be the front runner front runner for the manager position, but I think his career started when he was twenty seven. I believe he was a little bit older. He was 27 when he made his debut in 2012. So stranger things have happened, people. Yeah. But that's those are the depths that I have to go to in the <laughs> offseason to convince myself that there's some diamond in the rough. Right, so, right. That's where my head's at right now. Well, if there is, look to see where we you know if we make any trades. That was probably the diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah, the track no doubt, record here no lately doubt. is uh, indicative of that. Yes, we see that in like in like two weeks. It's like uh, Cleveland trades Daniel Schneeman to Tampa Bay for oh some random prospect for the rights to <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah. If I'm seeing Daniel Schneeman's name anywhere. I know for a fact it's because other teams were like, hey, look at this guy hitting the ball yeah. to cover off the ball. Let's go. Right. They're reading Baseball America, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're subscribers like me. <laughs> that's behind a paywall. Not everybody gets to see that. Yeah, that's not that's not out there. I mean, I don't, I don't have the subscription. Yeah. Well, hey, man. I'll give you the login if you want it. I might have to take that. Because to... that's the kind of juicy details they give you <laughs> on Baseball America. <laughs> but you know what? Reading something like that, in late October or November, when your team's out of it, just just makes the day go a little bit better. It's kind of nice. It's not. It's not nothing. It's it, it's not nothing. <laughs> it's better than the it's better than the garbage out on most most sites. That's like uh, that joke from Thirty Rock, where uh, Tracy Jordan says he'll give Kenneth like I don't know what the the number was, but it's like a hundred doll hairs. And Kenneth goes, did you say dollars or doll hairs? And Tracy says, doll hairs. They're not nothing. <laughs> They're not worth nothing. Yeah. So that's kind of what this feels like. To yeah. Me. So. It's not worth nothing. Yeah. Um, okay. On that wonderful note about your the, <laughs> the deepest depths of the Cleveland minor league system, um, I think that wraps this up. We will get going on some... Uh, off-season fodder here as the World Series kind of wraps up here by the time we record next. Um, but in you know, obviously rate, view, and subscribe, and all that good stuff. Uh, but we're looking forward to talking some 2024 baseball with you when you hear from us again. Catch you guys later. <laughs> <laughs>